You're listening to the Military Homeschool Podcast. The Military Homeschool Podcast aims to equip and encourage parents by covering topics relevant to military homeschooling families. Tune in each week for tips and advice from someone who's been there as a military wife and homeschooling mom. You'll also hear inspiring stories and informative guest interviews with experienced military homeschoolers and experts in the educational field. The Military Homeschool Podcast is a broadcast of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Military Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Niehoff, and Jenny Moocher joins me today to talk about their family's decision to homeschool and then later to send their son to public school while continuing to homeschool their younger children. Jenny is the wife of Kevin Moocher, an Army chaplain who entered military service in 1991 and has served as a chaplain since 2007. Jenny and Kevin have seven children. They graduate their oldest on June 12, 2022. Congratulations, Jenny. That's exciting. And their youngest is eight months old. They have been stationed at Fort Drum, JBLM, Fort Hood, and Fort Bliss. Jenny's been homeschooling since 2009. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you, Crystal. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to have you joining us today. Well, Jenny, what? let's just jump right in. And what led you to start homeschooling? So I had been public schooled until about sixth grade. And then I went to a small Christian school. And probably about my, I don't know, sophomore, junior year, a whole bunch of homeschooled students started coming to my school, probably for like a year, maybe two years. And I had been praying about uh, Christian friends. I went to youth group. I had, you know, nominally Christian friends, but it just felt like no one else was really trying to live a solid Christian life until those homeschool friends came along and they kind of adopted me into their community. Um, I would go to their student-led Bible study um, and I worked at a camp with them throughout the summer. And so I just really interacted with their families a lot. I was never homeschooled, but I interacted so much with their families and their moms And I just really got a strong taste that this is something that I really wanted to do um, when I had my own children. Uh, And I expressed that as I met my husband and, you know, we were getting to know each other. I expressed that to him and he was very supportive and and has continued to be supportive. Oh, that is such a neat story. Well, how cool. So I'm curious with seven children, everybody's going in separate directions. And what does a typical homeschool day look like for your family? And what curriculum, if any, do you use? Yeah, so I appreciate that segue because, yeah, I can get a little crazy. So <laughs> so a typical day, we we have a loose structure because, like, things happen, appointments and things come in. But we try to start around nine with devotions. And then we kind of scatter and at, you know, we're done with our school year this year, but at this point in the school year, everybody kind of knows what they need to do. So some will read, some will, you know, watch their math DVD or start working on their math work. Um, Some will work on the computer programs that we have, and I'll just be available primarily to work with the younger ones, but then as the older ones need help, I'm available for that. We break for lunch at some point. Um, and then we come back and finish up three of the days of the week. We tend to have to leave at some point for a music lesson. 
Um, but we're usually done around 3.30 um, with breaks and interruptions and all of that. Um, and then as far as curriculum goes, I've used various kinds because it was 2009, as you mentioned, when I started homeschooling. So when we first started, I used Sunlight because it was all in one packaging and my neighbor used it. And so it was just seemed like the right fit. Um, and then in 2011, we started participating in classical conversations. And I'll probably refer back to that. And it's abbreviated as CC. So um, we use classical conversations, like totally for the 14-year-old, my my next year, he will be my oldest homeschooling student. Um, And he uses that exclusively because at his age, that provides everything you need. Um, But and then the younger children also use some of the CC curriculum. And we use Matthew C for math, Rosetta Stone for foreign language. Um, we use various different history books and living books for that. Answers in Genesis we use for science, uh, kids A to Z for spelling, and then lots of other resources that I've collected over the years. Um, so we've added things, dropped things, brought things back. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a large. (laughs) Very eclectic. Yes. Yes. So that kind of brings me to another question that I hadn't planned on asking you, but that that answer brought up is, has your homeschooling style changed or how you, what your day looks like over the years? Yes, definitely. Because I had not been homeschooled, I think I definitely tried to make school like, like I tried to make homeschool look like going to school. Um, and yeah, obviously it's been a lot of years under my belt. And so I've definitely moved more into, um, classical. I really enjoy classical type of education where you're repeating information at different levels and different ages. Um, I do definitely still enjoy the sunlight uh, emphasis, which is the Charlotte Mason style where you're reading, you know, interesting books, reading about people's lives, which then teaches you about that context. Um, Yeah. So I've definitely (laughs) changed throughout the years. Yeah. Definitely sounds like you've adapted, which is uh, um, the resiliency that we talk about in the military a lot, especially in the army and how um, I see how you've utilized that process with your own family and that you've taken what's worked and then what hasn't worked and, and switch things around and um, staying with what you like to do. You know, I I think it's also important to remember your own teaching style when you homeschool. And so um, we can get caught up in shiny textbook syndrome or like I did the same thing you did. I, I had only known the public school system. So I had the desk set up and a dry erase board and you know, and I thought this is the way you do it. And now we have right. table and chairs. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's more like life is a classroom instead of having a set classroom that we go to each day. Exactly. So as a military family, then what would you say is the biggest benefit of homeschooling for your family? So I think not only did the children have continuity with me, their teacher, um, but like I mentioned before, we've joined Classical Conversation, CC, and there's CC communities worldwide. So wherever we have lived, 
We've immediately plugged into a CC community and we have instant like-minded friends and families. Um, and we don't just do school together. We do life together. So, I mean, we would plug into our chapel communities. Um, we'd plug into our neighborhoods, but I would say hundred percent of the time, our CC community would be that community that we would really plug in with. Um, so that is a huge benefit. I know certain children that, um, go to public school and they've moved and maybe they would get to like go to school with another friend, but I feel like the homeschool community is a much smaller community. And so typically you move to another post and within that community, you know, people that have been, you know, that you have mutually been stationed with before together. So I think it just brings, yeah, I think it just brings a smaller um, community that's pretty closely knit. Right. A lot of my homeschooling friends that I've met through the years at different posts where we've been stationed feel like family, you know, whereas if they were part of a bigger system, I think that maybe I wouldn't have that same feeling. (laughs) I I agree. So that is so neat. Well, then after homeschooling for some time, your son asked to go to public school. Would you share with us that decision and how has that worked out for your son and your family? Yeah. So our second son, Brian, who's 16 now, he expressed a desire to go to public school probably in the middle school years. I was reluctant at first because it's a scary world out there, (laughs) but I had to let go and trust that Brian was ready. Uh, This is what he really wanted and keeping him at home would actually have been worse um, for our family, for our relationship. He loves his family, but he's a very social person. So being around his peers is important to him. The Bible tells us to raise up a child in the way he should go, which I've come to understand that to mean according to the way God designed them. And so at some point the child needs to have buy-in. So even though I was reluctant, I agreed and pursued enrolling him Um, my husband was public schooled all the way through and he was confident that our son would do just fine. Uh, Brian is also a gifted athlete and he loves playing baseball. So as you move into high school, it becomes harder to find leagues. That was a huge consideration for us as well for him to be able to pursue his passion to play ball. Even after the high school years, um, he was, uh, ended up being a starting varsity player his freshman year. And so I think that was a huge affirmation to him to, to just be in a community of other baseball players and to be raised to that level pretty early on. And I think that um, a misconception in the homeschooling community, whether it's as someone's coming into it or uh, those in it, is that you can't do both. You know, that once a homeschooler, always a homeschooler. So if you take that leap you're not allowed to then go into a public or private school setting. But I think in the military, that flexibility and listening to our children and where we are at in that season of life is so important because what worked at one duty station may not work then at another duty station, or it may be more difficult at another duty station to legally homeschool. You know, I'm not completely sure what, Uh, The laws are when you are overseas, for instance. And I love that you listened to who your son is, you know, 
and didn't just try to fit them into that box. Because as homeschoolers, isn't that what we talk about is so great about homeschooling is we're not fitting our child into a box. But if we say once a homeschooler, always a homeschooler, I feel like that could be, you know, putting our children in a box. So really what it boils down to is you've got to do what's right for your child and what's right for your family. And um, that, and that was a family decision. And I love that. And which brings me to my next question then, did you encounter any issues with the public school system accepting your son's academic records or to just integrate them into the public school system? Yeah, so I didn't really run into any problems. We are in the state of Texas, um, and there aren't really requirements for homeschooling here. He was entering public school as a freshman, so there weren't transcript considerations for him as far as getting his credits for high school. Everything he's going to do for high school will be in the system as we go along. They did want some records of what he had done. So they would know what classes he was ready to move into. Um, But being a freshman, you know, it wasn't a huge issue for me to have polished (laughs) records, um, which was helpful because I am not the greatest record keeper. And I had another friend who had done the same thing the year before, had moved her son from homeschooling into public schooling. And I was like, what did you do? (laughs) So she definitely helped me. And it wasn't anything fancy. It was just, you know, create a spreadsheet just so they have an idea of where he's at. Then how did your son adapt to being entered into the public school system? Did you help ease him into public school? How did that go? Yeah, actually it went really smoothly and God is so gracious. He began public school as a freshman in 2020, which worked out really well because in El Paso, Texas, students Uh, were online until January. And even after that, they were only going to school in person two days a week. So for this mama, it was a very gradual introduction for him being into school and still being at home. Um, And I prayed for him a lot, uh, especially once he was going in person. Academically, he seemed to do fine. He did ask for help sometimes. um, But after two years of school, he's consistently received A's and B's on his report card. So he's done, you know, it's, it's a little reaffirming, you know, that, mm-hmm. that he, we didn't, you know, <laughs> totally uh, miss everything for him. Socially, that was another concern, obviously. And so we observed him choose some really great friends. Again, we had to give him some space and trust him to make good choices And uh, sometimes I would ask for a friend of his mom's number. And I think that was probably a little embarrassing at first, but they also would ask for my number. (laughs) And so I was like, so I'm not alone. And it was, you know, very helpful to at least be able to communicate and get a feel for what kind of friends and the families that he was choosing. And we've been super delighted with, I mean, and just outstanding choices that he has made. Yeah, I was, I remember back when my oldest daughter, my second oldest daughter decided to go to college and she had to test in. And I was so worried. (laughs) Had I done enough? You know, did I really set her up for success? You know, and when she not only tested in, but they said, you know, we can offer you a scholarship based on your scores. I was like, yay, because I wasn't, (laughs) 
you know, we had other children that came along after her. And so you think, did you know, I wasn't always consistent. And so that's so reaffirming. But we really do, as homeschoolers, I believe, um, excel. We care about our children. And so we give them the best that we can. And that doesn't necessarily mean sitting in front of textbooks all day. But, right. you know, learning, life is learning. So I love that. Totally. Yeah. Then how did your other children handle their brother being in public school with, while they stayed home to school? I have not observed any reaction from them one way or the other. And I ask them, has this affected you or how has it? Are you glad he's at school? Do you miss him? Do you, does it make you want to go to public school? And I really didn't get a whole lot response from them. Um, I think they see him going to school as the right choice for him. Um, I have one who is like deathly afraid of, of public school. <laughs> I don't know where he got that from, but I do think that it's nice for them to be exposed to the public school process and to see that their brother is succeeding and he's doing fine. Um, you know, I, I want to homeschool my children as long as God allows me and as long as they want to homeschool. But God forbid something should happen to me and we, and, you know, they end up going to public school. I don't want it to end up being this scary process for them that, and I, I never did, you know, speak down about it even before I had a student in public school. Um, just because I don't think it's a horrible place. You know, I, I don't right. think those things and I don't want to portray that. And I think, you know, sometimes in the homeschool community, we can, we can, you know, make it sound like that's, you know, oh, that would be the worst option. I'm so glad my kids aren't doing that. And I just think that's not fair. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't right. see them really being affected much by it. So that's, yeah, it's been pretty smooth in that way. Love that. And you're so right. There are bad apples in every bunch, you know, so whether it's public school, private school, homeschooling, we see that everywhere. So um, that that's kind of is taking away some of the mystique behind public school and, and saying, you know, it's the character that counts, who you are right. as a person. That's what counts, not where you go to school. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So as we close today, do you have any advice for military parents who are considering sending their child to public school after homeschooling? So I love this phrase, choose your heart, <laughs> because I think no matter what you do to raise your children and educate them, it is hard. Um, it's hard to homeschool and it's hard to send kids to public school and trust that everything is going to go well. So I think you just have to ask God for wisdom and discernment for each child and each day, each year, each duty station, however that works. God has given our children to us. And so we cannot compare our families to other families. We can observe other families and see what we like and maybe what we want to implement, but we have to do what's right with our family, with our children, and with the discernment that God gives us. I think it's a huge pitfall. All we are called to do is the best with what we're given. So only God knows what our children will grow up and do and what they need to develop. And so I know that I have to trust him in all those things. Um, and my, I asked my husband what, you know, did he have anything he wanted to add? And he just said too that we try to encourage our children to pursue their dreams and passions 
to work diligently at their academics and to represent Jesus well. Um, and I think one more thing I'd like to add to that is I just appreciate other homeschool families who have gone before us and who have not felt um, in a box, like they were closed in a box. Because I tend to want to just do what I'm always doing. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? right. And, and I have definitely been inspired by other families who have not felt stuck in, in their ways. And just like you said, home on homeschooled, always homeschooled. And so I think it's important to model that for each other and to encourage each other to just to do what we each individually feel like God's calling us to do. Such great information and advice. And this just been wonderful hearing your story. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Jenny. Thank you, Crystal. It's been such a pleasure. And thanks for doing this for the military homeschool community. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Friends, before you go, I'd like to share this thought to ponder by Alfie Cohen. What matters is not what we teach, it's what they learn. And the probability of real learning is far higher when the students have a lot to say about both content and the process. Thanks so much for listening in today. Links to all the resources Jenny mentioned will be in my show notes at militaryhomeschoolpodcast.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Military Homeschool Podcast, and please be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and share with your military homeschooling friends and family. Then join me next week for another episode of the Military Homeschool Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. If you liked this podcast, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating and leave a comment. Links to the resources mentioned during the show today can be found in our show notes at militaryhomeschoolpodcast.com. Connect on Facebook at Military Homeschool Podcast or via email at militaryhomeschoolpodcast at gmail.com.